Welcome to High Expectations. We are an infectious substance. What's been bothering you lately, Ellen? I get really irritated when people misunderstand feminism and say things like, I think feminism is, you know, that they say they're all about equality, but really it's favouring women over men. It's just a movement to make men inferior to women. I think that people talk about that a lot, and I think it's actually just... Do you disagree? No, I I disagree with them. I don't understand why they're still stuck in the second wave. I don't know if it is exclusive to the second wave. It's just like any wave of feminism, there's always going to be people that say, oh, well, the only reason why you'd start a gender equality movement is actually just a facade for man-hating. They're just saying it out of fear Mm -hmm. of change, Mm -hmm. of, you know, progressive ideas. Actually, it makes them look at themselves and challenge themselves. I'm speaking about... You know, cis men losing power. I'm saying this, yeah, and, yeah, but also they're the ones that I always hear saying these things, mm-hmm. and just like agreeing with each other about it. And it's like, no, it's it's not the way things are. That's that's not the world according to the rest of the world. It's just the world according to your perspective. So not actually listening to what feminist change actually means, then are they? Yeah, I overheard a conversation about domestic abuse yep. and about how. If a man wants to speak out about that, they're not given a safe space to do so because it's only we only ever talk about women that suffer from domestic violence. That was the mm-hmm. that was the gist of what they were saying, and I think they were saying that because it's true. First of all, yeah, foremost. it is. I think so it's too. true. Mm. <laughs> women are the majority of people that are affected by domestic violence. The statistics are definitely skewed towards more towards women than they are towards men. Yeah. If I ever heard of a man that was suffering from a domestic abuse or any type of abuse or violence or sexual assault, I would have just as much sympathy for any person who is in those circumstances. Because regardless of your gender, unfortunately, people can inflict violence upon you. Right. This is very true. Um, And maybe they don't have the encouragement to speak out as much just because... Of the patriarchy? Absolutely, toxic masculinity and also... Yeah. (sighs) And it's easy to pin that upon feminism. Hmm. Because men aren't encouraged to express or talk about their feelings. No. And that's why they say the patriarchy is bad for everyone. It is. Definitely is. Do you remember there was a time, I think I was with you, we were at a party and there was a man there and we started questioning him about his friends and feelings about relationships and things. Maybe. And he was shy at first, and he said that he had never had that kind of conversation because he normally talks to only men, mm. and the men only talk about sports and racing cars or something, I don't know. Yeah. Wow. And he had never been asked about his feelings about things, and he was really enjoying having that kind of safe space to open up and talk to us about it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that person. When I was out for drinks with you and your workmates recently, there was another cis man there that said pretty much the same thing because we were talking about relationships and we were talking about queerness and it was really cool because we were able to have a conversation with so many workmates and enlighten them about some things they didn't know. Uh, but then he said afterwards, hey, like I don't really talk about this much. I don't talk about my relationship issues much because I don't really have the space to do so. So, I mean, that was cool. This is such a uh, complicated issue though, isn't it? Because going back to you saying the thing about not really having a safe space to talk about it, yeah. I immediately thought, well, the world is their safe space. Patriarchy deems it so, but you are right, though. Because we have, like, women's refuge, right? 
but it's geared That's towards exactly women. what they said. They said, where's the, where's the men's refuge? I would actually say supply and demand. Would not, that not exist if well, yep. there needed it to be? If there needed to be one? Well, maybe the fact most, that a most lot of men don't from speak domestic out. abuse are women. They are, definitely. And the more masculine people don't tend to speak out just because of that toxic, toxic masculinity out there. So maybe there isn't the space to begin with because there isn't as much demand. I don't know. And I guess the whole point of that conversation is to say we shouldn't be ashamed of openly talking about these things. It's important too. And so isn't that what we're saying? It's basically that you can openly talk about those things. I or any other feminist I would would be proud to say as part of the movement would be open to anyone of any gender identification talking about any violence that they suffered from. Definitely. But I think when you say things like... Whereas, where's the men's refuge? Like, what's all the this man bashing? It's just not. It's not inclusive. It's alienating. No, that's what I was saying. And it's it's an us and them thing. Yeah. And I don't think that's what feminism's about. I don't think it's about creating that divide of us and them. It's about saying that there is this gender inequality. Mm Mhm. And yeah, I was just saying that's what they would say, and and that's how they that's how they would say it. Yeah. Not that I think that they shouldn't have one. I mean, yeah, by all means, if they want to set one up. Yeah. For our listeners that don't know, feminism is a very simple thing. Feminism is a movement of people with a belief that genders should be treated equally or with equity. Equally or equity? Equitable? Well, equally? Yeah. Equitable. <laughs> it's very different. But that's it. It's not about men's sake. Right. Or that, if, yeah, everybody deserves. Yeah. Same or similar rights, and that shouldn't be judged according to their gender identification. No. For example, we should all be paid the same. You know, we we yeah. can all in this room agree that there is a gap, mm-hmm. a gendered gap, and that the amount that people get paid, but people outside of this room will definitely deny that, and so on and so forth. Um, and not just gender equality, but also race equality and belief equality and age equality and all of these different isms that comes into it. I'm just thinking about intersectional feminism, how important it is, and it's so easy for us to just get quite narrow-minded about um, feminism because... Because, you, yeah, because you have less privilege if you are part of those discriminated against groups, definitely. right? Yeah, totally. And that needs to be taken into account. Can I just have a small rant about how yes. annoying I find egalitarianism? Yeah. Can I please just... Yes, of course. Can you I, define I, what I that I feel means? a little bit like, oh, <laughs> no, speaking about this kind of stuff, but I don't like it when people say, I'm not a feminist, I'm an egalitarian. What the hell is egalitarianism? It's a, I believe... I, th- I think that we shouldn't have a word like feminism because that refers to a gender, which, mm. you know, could you could very rightly criticise... That's one of the only valid criticisms. Exactly. It's like, well, what if you don't have, you know, a particular gender? Or it definitely identifies with, the word feminism identifies with the binary. But I guess it's like one of those, this is the thing about language. I think that language is fluid Mm -hmm. and it has to be a commonly accepted and commonly used term. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think egalitarianism is a silly term. 
and I'm sorry for saying silly, but the reason why I think that is because no one else uses it, and yep. that's what gives a word meaning. And okay? feminism. It's a signifier, and then we give it meaning collectively. Feminism was a breaking away from the patriarchy, so it's no wonder they called it feminism, but yes, like you say, the meaning has changed over time, and there's so much history behind it, so if we were to jump ship to another term, that would take just as much time, if not longer, to build up that support behind it, and for people to actually know what that means. Right. I feel like we shouldn't lose the history we may as well stick with the same term and just keep going forwards and upwards with what it means, you know, in yeah. this day and age. Yeah. Exactly. There's so much meaning and history there and we all attribute that meaning. Mm. And I think that's important when we use language. Mm-hmm. But if we but if we all if we all started that's the thing. If we did all start using egalitarianism and we thought that it was a similar concept meaning a similar thing and it was so commonly used, mm-hmm. then that would be useful, but it's just not the case. People don't use egalitarianism to mean feminism very commonly at all. No. If their concept catches on, then that's fine. I mean, I'll start using it if everyone else starts using it to mean a similar concept. Like you were saying before, that intersectional feminism's region of the collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no one's using it. And that's why else? I think it's silly. People use the term humanist. <laughs> yeah, humanist. Humanist. And that's also got a, like, a huge history that means something. And you can't just be like, I'm a humanist. It's like, that's, that's, is, that what you, is that what you're trying to get across? Like, just say feminist. It's not a dirty word. Egalitarianism is a trend of thought that favours equality for all people. What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it's I'm sorry, that just doesn't mean anything. At least at least feminism means something enough for you to grip onto it and attack it, you know, out there in the world. But egalitarianism, it's very fittingly vague. That all people should be treated as equals and have the same political, economic, social and civil rights. Let's not lose feminism, please. <laughs> it's kind of like the there was the Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter movement. Mm. Oh, yeah. And people had the analogy that say your house is on fire and then your neighbour has got a big hose and he's putting the hose on on their house that's not on fire and you're saying, hey, could you put my fire out, please? <laughs> and that's so good. And they say, well, no, because my house matters too. Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, you know? like, fire. There's no need there for yeah. you to put out the fire. Exactly. Because really you're starting off in different places. You're not starting off yeah. from an equal platform. There's a need no. for a certain group to get some help right now. Which is why we use the term feminism, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Because we're in, women, or people identify as women, are a subjugated group in society. And traditionally. their house is on fire. And their houses will are still sort of on fire. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's definitely smouldering. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think going about the world as a woman, I feel like I'm very privileged in the time that I'm in now because of those previous movements. Mm-hmm. I guess it's true for all discriminated groups in some ways, but I don't think I could ever understand quite what those, you know, Black Lives Matter, all of that movement, I don't think I can ever really understand what it's like. I can empathise, I can try my best, but I'm never going to know what it's going to be like going through life being scared for your life just because of your race. No. Yeah. I don't think we can ever speak to it, truly. Which is why I think that men shouldn't sit around and speak, I'm sorry, but speak about feminism as if they've lived lives the way that we have lived them. No. Take, and it's literally take a walk in my shoes. And until you can do that, you'll never understand. I agree with you. Yes. Like, it wasn't 
that long ago in recent history that women were literally not given the right to choose what happened in their own country. They weren't given the right to vote. And mm. and those that sticks. Th- those types of things stick. I, and this idea that women are, are supposed to have the babies. And I mean, we're in this existing in this weird world now where having children is kind of considered odd and people are discriminated against if they do or if they don't and and women are always caught in this place where they're like should I have babies should I not and if you say I don't think I ever want to have children people will say you'll change your mind yeah I still see that all the time exactly Um, I want to speak to your thought just now about um how for example cis men shouldn't ever talk about feminism as if they know what it's like to be a woman and experiencing um discrimination and and gender inequality and that sort of thing, right? Mm. People should give a voice to those people who can actually speak for their own experience, right? We can show sympathy but not empathy for walks of life. Right. Don't take someone's voice away or autonomy away if you haven't experienced what they've been through. And I've been through something recently where my voice has been taken away and my choices have been taken away by people who don't understand what I've been through. And that is disrespectful and discriminatory and basically just don't do that to someone who you have no idea what their experience is like firsthand. You should show them the respect they deserve by giving them a voice. Agency. And giving them agency, thank you, and by listening to them really truly listening to someone actively and not letting your prejudices come into play with that and thank you let people decide for themselves what they can do what they're capable of otherwise it's actually insulting yeah so if you feel yourself saying something like i assume you wouldn't be able to do this or this would be a really hard situation for you don't assume maybe you shouldn't assume maybe you should actually ask questions and figure out where the other person is at and get to a compromise. Because you may think you're doing someone a kindness by stepping in and assuming that they wouldn't be up to something or by thinking, oh, I'm going to protect them from this, when actually it could be a really positive thing for them to give them that agency and autonomy to make their own choices. What do you think of when you're in those situations where you're near someone having a conversation that you find really offensive and you just want to turn around and be like, hey, like if they're saying quite sexist things or kind of like the, it's like the all lives matter, but it's the like not all men kind of talk, you know? Yeah. Do you think that in those situations you should just kind of let it wash over you and forget about it? Or do you actually think you should turn around and be like, hey, actually, or would that just kind of open yourself up to a fight with with somebody who's never going to see your perspective? I've done it before at parties where I have called people out on some sexist talk and they get very defensive because they're like, I wasn't being sexist. Like, well, you were, so. Yeah. And you pointed out exactly why they were sexist, but they can't see it because they weren't intending to be sexist. It was just like an inherent sexism that they haven't questioned. Haven't questioned before. Or they get kind of aggressive or annoyed at you. So it really just depends on the context and how safe you feel doing so. Yeah. And whether you're supported by other people around. Yeah, if you feel safe, I think speaking out is a good thing because that might be the only time they ever hear anything against what they're saying. Yeah. And wasn't there a thing as well, I think you've told me this recently, Ellen, about if you're in a conversation or you're able to hear a conversation going on that is showing phobia towards anyone or anything, if you don't speak up, doesn't that put across the idea that you're kind of complicit with what they're saying? Yeah, I guess it's like those situations where they're like, don't you agree? It's really 
unfair how those people over there get treated better than me but you actually know that person's in a position of privilege and they're talking about a discriminated group if you're just like "Mm -hmm," or if you don't say anything then they're going to assume that you agree with them so you could just be like no I don't agree so I get I get that kind of thing a lot where people say don't you agree that having Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Having like cultural ceremonies or having, you know, any type of cultural influence at mm-hmm. all is shit and it's favouring that cultural group and I always just say, nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I completely disagree. I think the more multicultural, the better. Mm-hmm. The more we acknowledge different cultures that are own, the better. Definitely. It's a good chance to at least plant a seed. You might not actually change their minds, but you're aware that other people might think differently or they might stew on it for a while and then kind of I think I've recently been in situations where I don't feel safe I don't mm. feel supported and it would it's it's in a space where I'd have to be a lot more neutral but I think that if mm. I was ever engaged in said conversation I'd say no I don't agree and I wouldn't get into it and I wouldn't open myself up for a debate because I'm not going to debate my my very values mm. I'm going to be like, that's that that's your thing. You can go through life being, I actually think, somewhat delusional. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's your thing. And I can have my thing. And I know I'm in the right, and I know I'm on the right side of history, but you can pretend that we just have different perspectives on. Yeah. It's a good compromise, I think. You have to look after your own safety. I think it's valid. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing that's difficult. It's that thing between you should speak up because you might be the only person that has ever said anything or might be the only person that's ever stood up or they might think that you're in the same boat and you're not and you don't want to be cast that way and or be on the other side of it. You want to protect yourself. You also yeah. don't want to have to get in debates with somebody who is just kind of spoiling for a fight. Yeah. I think a lot of those kind of like men's yeah. rights activists are just waiting for you to take the take the bait and then as they're they going to attack you. They won't actually listen, will they? No, because you can always come back at somebody with an argument, even if that argument is nonsense. What I really liked the other week, I was listening to the Great Albums podcast, and they were reviewing Against Me's Transgender Dysphoria Blues album. That's right. And I tweeted about this because I was actually really impressed with the conversation. But when it was coming up, I knew it was going to be okay. Here's two cisgender heterosexual men talking about uh, transgender issues and yeah. gender things okay I kind of braced myself for this mm. and they did a really good job there was some some occasions where the guest host said some things that weren't quite accurate or they weren't referring to trans people in the correct way oh, okay and I, I cringed I thought oh someone's gonna write, write in about this but then uh, Bill the host corrected his friends that hey actually it's a good teachable moment I did some research on this because I wasn't sure myself and here's how you should be referring to people oh cool in this way it's good here's how this concept works and you know it was, it was a slightly awkward like correcting of the friend but they really accepted that and they kind of moved on and I really liked that that was a situation was that that situation where <laughs> <laughs> okay, was that the situation with the pronoun usage and they said there was two things one was about how you refer to uh, transgender people pre-transition and the correct way is to use their current pronoun mm-hmm. and so they were using the previous pronoun to refer to the past and they were corrected on that because they looked up the journalism guidelines on the GLAAD website the next one was we're talking about Laura Jane Grace and how she had chosen to be a woman 
you know, that mm. they, that made me think, no, mm. she didn't choose to be a woman. She always was a woman. Yeah. And so Bill said, actually, I believe that's wrong. What what you should really be saying is that she was a woman and she chose to transition in a certain way. Yeah. And there's some will argue that you don't choose. It will come for you anyway. How you choose to express that transition is your choice. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's really good they turned that around. Yeah. If you're able to admit that you're wrong, I think that's a and really I think valuable that trait. It's a really valuable conversation because it reached a lot of, I think a lot of audience that wouldn't have been exposed to those kind of issues and they were talking it's about the differences cool. between sex and gender and awesome. it was a great, a great conversation. That's good. And two hours long too. I was quite enthralled most right. of the time. Good. And we a great album too. Okay. Go listen to that album. Cool. You should do. This is great. It's scary talking about feminism openly. I think because you put yourself up for a lot of attack mm-hmm. and there's no denying that basically you can find a lot of stuff online about people who have openly talked about feminism and have received this horrible horrible not even criticism just like abuse from people I'm not sure the details but there was a woman who was doing a series on I think sexism in the gaming world yes oh. and the backlash was horrendous Oh, were they YouTube videos? I think so, yeah. Feminist Frequency or something? It may have been. Yeah, I watched those videos. They were good. And there's so many videos out there saying, no, this is incorrect and this is incorrect and she's a hypocrite. Lacey Green gets a lot of negative feedback as well. That's a shame. Lacey does some great stuff. Yeah. Lacey Green runs the Sex Positive YouTube series and she's debunked a lot of myths on there and talks about things openly and it's a really cool series to check out. Yeah, we so, love Lacey Green. So basically, if you stand up for anything in that area, so sexual positivity mm-hmm. or feminism, which both of those people do mm-hmm. openly online, or at a lot of basically anyone who writes an article at all about feminism puts themselves out there and they receive lots of abuse, rape threats, and just horrible, horrible yeah, stuff. Horrible you know, basically, just being a woman and being in the public eye leaves just leaves you open to all of those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, and this can I just talk about a graphic novel series I read recently that yeah, really yeah. had on point so it's called The Wicked and the Divine and Gus who's a listener recommended it to me and <laughs> you got obsessed with it yep. I got obsessed with it oh, yeah. and Hamish got obsessed with it and it's basically about gods that come back to life every 90 years and they live for only two years mm-hmm. and it's set in 2014 and they're all famous pop stars with like huge cult followings get it because they're like <laughs> gods yeah. and there's yeah. lots of like kind of double entendres there and there's one god who's kind of mysterious throughout the first book and then we find out about her backstory and i think it's the third book tara mm-hmm. you know everyone refers to her as fucking tara and yeah. everyone hates her and they just say like fucking tara and she's got like, a really bad public reputation what's really experimental about these books is that they have experimental sections and there was this bit where they just had a whole page of kind of made up tweets but it was playing on celebrities that get a bad public reputation and then they get a lot of tweets about like case in point feminist on tinder or by felipe have you ever seen those accounts yes so feminist on tinder is like she openly just says she's a feminist on tinder Mm -hmm. and then she just shows all it's on twitter and then she shows all of her conversations on Twitter and it's just basically people like feminists should go and die and feminism's stupid please have sex with me God. and by Felipe is the Instagram account she has where 
I think that's what it's called. And um, it's just people screenshots of just horrible conversations where they're like, do you want to have sex? No. Please have sex with me sort of thing. But just getting more and more abusive so you can expose the people who are actually doing it. It's yep. the idea of both accounts. It's cool. I'm really um, in awe of her bravery, but I just, leaving yourself open to that is so scary. Yeah. And I think the other reason is that despite what Jasmine said about it being simple, it is simple. But being a good feminist, mm. really hard. Definitely. And I think we've touched on that a lot. So the white feminist thing, yeah. like the intersectional feminism is a really important thing to mention. I just blanked on it. That's right. And then immediately I thought, oh my God, I'm being a stereotypical white feminist. <laughs> no, you know? can, and white can... feminism. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, if we can check our privilege and, and admit to our privilege and bias, um, but... then that's good. <laughs> yeah, white feminism is the concept that you're a feminist, but... Only in as far as your own experience. So if you're a white woman and you've experienced that privilege, you say equality for all women, but not all women start off equal. So if you're a white woman, you have more privilege than somebody of another race most of the time. Mm -hmm. And that needs to be acknowledged in our feminism and the way that we explore it. And that is actually really hard. Just, Just to always be thinking about other people and other people's experiences when you haven't experienced it yourself. And so you always have to check yourself. You do. You look like you want to say something and I'm saying something wrong. You're not saying anything wrong. So that's what's that's what's really hard for me talking about feminism. It's it's that first thing, of course. But that doesn't scare me as much. Like you leave yourself open for abuse if you do anything progressive and put yourself out there. It's mm. being critiqued by other women about mm. things that I didn't know I was doing wrong. It's like that person that was in the podcast you were just talking about. He was saying yeah. a lot of wrong things about trans people. It's not that he discriminates against trans people. It's just that I'm not saying this in a mean way, but he was ignorant yeah. because he hasn't yeah. gone through that experience or no. researched yeah. it. No. And, and it came from a taught. positive case. He was he referred to choosing to be a woman because he wanted to bring his eight-year-old daughter to meet Laura Jane Grace so that she could see that despite the unequal world that she was being brought up in because of her gender, that she could come and meet someone who was changing to that gender. Right. It's cool. But then the way that, that would he... make you feel a bit better about being a woman. Yeah, but the way he phrased it was... It was phrased poorly and he was um, right, rightfully corrected. I guess it would be kind of like, I wanted to, my daughter to meet another powerful woman. Or to show that gender is fluid and just to open our eyes to transgender rights and issues. That's right. Um, I wanted to just mention, I wasn't going to criticise you, by the way, about what you were saying, Ellen. And I know that feminism is such a a hard topic because you want to cover everything. But that's the thing. We can't cover everything. And it just reminded me of when we were on the Inside Out radio show, Speak Out, a little while ago. And I was trying to be so careful that... I was being hesitant and I basically wasn't saying anything at all and I kept going in circles until you said, Kathy, you've just got to say what you want to say and stop being so careful and you can't be micromanaging everything you say all the time because that means we're not really focusing on one set thing at any given time if you're trying to cover all the bases all the time. Does that make sense? I know what you mean, like never leave any single person out. And we're just, we're always going to, so... And it's impractical as well. It's like... Yeah. When I was on that radio show, I was trying to say LGBT... We were talking about this before. Hmm. LGBTQIA, which is, you know, lesbian, lesbian, bisexual, gay, transgender, queer, intersex, and asexual. Mm -hmm. 
So you want to be inclusive of all of those different sexual and gender identifications. But that is so hard to say. So hard to say. And just in terms of being practical, it takes you, and you've only got half an hour slot, it takes you so long to say LGBTQIA unless you really roll it together. And even then it's awkward. Yeah. So you can just say LGBT+. Plus. And yeah. then that includes it's, everything. Yeah. <laughs> all the queer community. And but that's the thing, if you kind of get lost in all the nuance, yeah. there's only so few voices that actually talk about queer and women's rights. Mm. Yeah, there's that kind of fear that if you're trying to speak to the queer community, you kind of think, am I qualified to speak to the queer, to represent the queer community? Like, have I had enough experiences? Am I queer enough? Quite. Yeah. Absolutely queer enough. Oh my god, the queer enough thing. Yeah, right. Am I queer (laughs) enough to be (laughs) upfront on this thing? But really, that's what I told you that time was when you were about to go on Inside Out, that you can't represent everybody. You just gotta represent yourself and speak from your own experience. And people relate to it or not. But. Thank you. You can't pretend to be someone you're not. Exactly. And also, it would be kind of offensive to be like, well, I have never lived my life as this particular identity, but I'm going to tell you everything about them. Mm-hmm. That's why we need to see queer actors playing queer roles or trans actors playing trans roles. Oh my god, trans actors That's playing right. trans, so, trans yeah, roles. We so need that. Because, oh my god, or people with disabilities playing characters with disability yeah. roles. And, so and and positive roles as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> Give me some non-token queers, please. Anyway, we're moving on to an entirely different topic. But yes, that's the thing. Representation, it's important to actually talk about these things. But if we get caught up in, oh, am I going to offend this person or am I going to offend this person, then we're never really saying what we want to actually say. And then if we can tweak, if we make those little changes in what we say, mm. that's it's still really important we say those things. Because that's like a cis man saying... I have found it was so important to get my daughter to meet somebody who was trans and then his friend has to say, okay, actually the way that you're referring to that isn't the best. Mm. But that person saying that might connect with other men and be like, actually, maybe this is something I should think about in my own life. Totally. Yeah. You know, because maybe it would take somebody that they identify with to make them think think and feel differently about the world. Yeah, and I acknowledge the, the positive intention and accept that tweak. Yeah, absolutely. Accepting the tweak can be hard as well. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Not that, not that, do you know what I mean? I feel like that sounded really bad. But I thought accepting that, okay, what I'm trying to say is accepting that you were wrong and accepting that you don't know everything and you're not 100% respectful of other people all the time is hard because then you have to look at yourself and be like, actually... I'm privileged. I need to check my privilege. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a humbling we're all human. thing. It's, it's humbling, but it's necessary. And I think that that's basically what I was saying at the beginning of this podcast about men. You know, that kind of men's right. And what about men think? It's basically just a fear of actually having to look at yourself and challenge your own thoughts and ideas on women and stereotyping yep. women. Yep. Because you can't say those things and not in some way not recognize that women have been subjugated no. and that women are treated with unfairness and equity. <laughs> What's that saying? You need to take the stick out of your eye before you... The log out of your eye before you take the speck out of mine? Yep. It's biblical. Yep. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's even worse because you have a log in your eye and someone else has a tiny little twig, right? So you're totally nitpicking at someone for something small they do when you're not noticing that your whole perspective on something is, is hugely wrong. 
Do you know what else I'm annoyed about? Though I want to rant about is the fact that we need a modern L word and <laughs> we haven't had one. We haven't had a successful queer-focused TV show for a while that actually has a good run and represents a whole bunch of different identities. So let's have an updated L word, please. There's glee, though. Oh, God, don't be so glee. No. Is that what we were talking about on the radio show where we were like, that was the show that was just trying to represent yes. so many different identities. And it just does not work. Because that's their focus. Not telling the story. It's diversity, is it? Yeah, diversity their focus. Diversity is their focus. Rather than, than telling real, sure. yeah, real stories. Yeah. Well, they are telling real stories, but it's still... No, they're not. <laughs> what about that queer couple, Brittany and what's the other one? The cheerleader. The other cheerleader. And they're like together, but we see them in so few scenes. And also, she's scared to come out of the closet, so everyone forces her to come out. Is that a good story? It's awful. Is that realistic? That's really bad. Yeah, you should so never force someone to come out of the closet. Exactly. She's not ready yet. experience with her already. No. Go check your privilege, Glee. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. If you have any comments or questions, please send an email to highexpectationspodcast at gmail.com or leave us a comment on a post. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at High Expectations Podcast or on Twitter at High EX Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict or wherever you enjoy podcasts. Have a great week. We've got to destroy the Death Star. The Death Star's patriarchy. <laughs>